This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. Do you find yourself wishing you had more energy, healthier habits, or fun family activities? At the YMCA, you can find your passion, find family fun, and find your happy place, all while supporting your community. Join the Y in March with a $0 enrollment fee and enjoy motivating group exercise classes, heated pools, pickleball, and so much more. Visit YMCADC.org to learn more and to find your nearest Y in D.C., Maryland, or Virginia today. People are stupid. Live to tape. Welcome to Millennial 425, and for one last time, happy Pride. I'm Andrew. (laughs) I'm Laura. And I'm Pamela. Did not have sex every day in June like I was hoping, but better luck next year. (laughs) (laughs) You tried. Did you get close at least? Yeah. No, no, not close. I got close when I I was having sex, but did not get close. Does that make sense? Anyway, um, yeah, I didn't even go to the Pride Parade. What the fuck is wrong with me? Fake gay. <laughs> I should have gone. I, I haven't gone in a few years. It's kind of hard to get out. Uh, well, when I was living in San Francisco, it was a lot easier because you just take Muni out. But yeah, Castro and, and downtown where all that happens, it's kind of hard to get to and you don't really want to like, yeah. take your car. All right. Well, on today's show, we got some news items to talk about. We're going to talk about the Red Hen debacle. I, I'm going to... I think my opinion is going to differ from your two's opinions. Uh, And then we're going to talk about Canada legalizing marijuana and uh, millennials and tipping and a new ruling from the Supreme Court. And then we'll wrap things up today with surprise bitch. But first, Laura, I don't think you saw Jurassic World, right? I did not. But Pam, you did. It was, you know, like, it was great for an action movie. I think that if you like the, you know, big blockbuster action films that's kind of like my take on things now sometimes because you know working in entertainment it's like you feel like you have to review it and so if I were reviewing it I could probably nitpick but if you're just looking for like a good time at the movies you want to go see a big blockbuster action flick and you like dinosaurs then like head out to see it why not even if it's trash it doesn't matter yeah I mean like sometimes like I go see stupid things all the time at the movies and and my philosophy is like as long as I walked away and I had a good time then that's fine it might not be like the best thing ever but if it was fun that's cool yeah this is a tangent but I'm really excited for that trashy shark movie that's opening oh my god that trailer was great yeah (laughs) they had the beyond the sea song in there it was cut together so good yeah it it, um I I got into summer shark movies two years ago actually came up in my time hop when i saw the shallows <laughs> such garbage but it was so great <laughs> anyway yeah jurassic world i was hoping for it to be something else but it just went a completely different direction i, I love 
going to the island. I love the park because I'm a theme park junkie. So, like, they went back to the park at the beginning, which I thought was nice. And then it turns into this movie about war and using the dinosaurs for war. And I was just like, oh, no, this is not what I wanted. Yeah, it's kind of like, well, we kind of expected it because they were hinting at that um, at the tail end of the the first Jurassic World. But, um, you know, it's funny you mentioned, like, going back to the theme park and how that was great for you, because all I could keep thinking is, like, wow, like, they have so much now that they could put into the ride that they're refurbishing at Universal. Yeah. So there's definitely a lot of, um, like, there's a lot they could pull for that, and that's always kind of exciting if you do, like, going to theme parks. But uh, a lot of it was not necessarily original, just because it, it, it very much relies on like there's a new dinosaur and it's like the worst dinosaur and yeah uh, which it's is one like of these... the same thing that happened last yeah. time like they don't really they do kind of bring up like a few new points as to why it's unethical like the idea of Jurassic World is unethical but also they don't really elaborate on those things so is yeah. it kind of a little lazy yes was it a good time at the movies sure <laughs> It was a good time at the movies, I guess. I actually laughed out loud a couple of times because things were just so stupid. Like (laughs) the recreation of the girl and that line where she was like, if if I'm free, they're free or something like that. It was like, we are Groot. Yeah, right. But for Jurassic World. (laughs) Yeah, I was like, get the fuck out of here with that. I don't think that's a spoiler. Um, I think that's like the main spoiler, but they also hint at the possibility pretty hard in the in Jeff Goldblum's opening monologue. So yeah, right. Well, and the main spoiler, in my opinion, is what happens at the end. I won't say what happens there. It definitely opens up the potential for maybe an interesting third movie, but like I'm already exhausted at the thought of what they have to do in the third movie. So yeah, can't say I'm looking forward to it. Anyway, it was fun. But yeah, can we also just stick with like the basic dinosaurs? Do we have to create continue creating new dinosaurs? Like, why can't T-Rex be the super scary one? Because T-Rex is a good guy now. <laughs> yeah, kind of is. <laughs> uh, that was my problem with the first Jurassic World. Yeah, well, it continues on in Jurassic World too. <laughs> Great. <laughs> I thought that was actually epic at the end when they bust out T-Rex to save the day. There's a good, there's a few good, pretty good T-Rex scenes. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, that's Jurassic World Fallen Kingdom. If if I'm moody this episode, I, I won't apologize. I've uh, decided to put myself onto a strict diet. I, I've been working out and I've made good progress, but it hasn't been progress to get me down to the clothes that... I used to fit into about this time a year ago before I moved out to Chicago and started eating poorly as I experienced the city. So I'm finally trying to eat right and work out harder. And I've been doing the stair stepper for 30 minutes. Have have either of you ever tried a stair stepper? You know what? I, yeah. As you know, I've been off the gym, but I was thinking about trying that when I go back. It's a good workout. I'll bet. It is. I hate it so much. (laughs) I've actually gotten used to it because I I guess I've just improved physically. So I do a half hour on there. It's like 110 flights I climb 
at the speed I go at, but it gets my heart rate up to like 155, 160, which is good. But so, but I've, I've hit a wall again. I can't make progress again. So I've decided, I kind of had an epiphany a few days ago. I'm just going to switch to like a mostly liquid diet. And I've been drinking these protein shakes and it's so early, but I'm going to keep people posted on my progress here on the show because I'm actually very interested to see if this works. I've gotten one of those meal replacement proteins and um, they have very good reviews. I'm using RSP True Fit. It's a lean meal replacement protein shake with fiber and probiotics. Um, so I'll be interested to see if that works out. I almost had f- three protein shakes today. <laughs> no meal, no regular meals at all, but I decided I had to be in a decent mood for this show. So I got myself a Chipotle bowl earlier. <laughs> you know, I've done, um, like green smoothie diets before and it works really great because I'm bad at eating breakfast and usually I'm too late on lunch and they're really easy to prep beforehand if you're lazy yeah but it, it right. works best if you have at least like one balanced meal I found yeah. or at least like substitute with some kind of like veggies or like a piece of fruit in the middle if it's allowed yeah I, I can't imagine just going all liquid that's like you left LA but like you are doing the most <laughs> LA thing right now yeah, <laughs> this isn't something I'm going to do permanently. And I know it's not healthy. I'm sure people are going to tell me it's not healthy. In fact, Whitney, who's listening live, says you will be so backed up and gassy with all those protein shakes. As a former trainer, those meal replacements are terrible. Eat real food, guys. OMG. Yeah, Pam, I could never do one of those green drinks. It's not that bad. The fruit cuts out a lot of the taste. I don't know. My taste buds are all fucked up. I also drink coffee black, so maybe I'm not the best barometer for what tastes good. (laughs) No, I really like green smoothies, too. Yeah? And the green juice, yeah. Yeah. But it's, again, I don't think it's something that's supposed to just replace your entire, like, diet. And I think the thing that concerns me about what you're doing is that it's not sustainable. Right. So I feel like stuff like that kind of sets you up like, you will make progress doing this. But then my fear is that when you stop doing it, you'll stop seeing progress. Well, I want to stop seeing the losing of the pounds, but I'm still going to work out. Okay. You know, I and I'm going to eat healthier in general and maybe replace one meal a day. Like, breakfast will just change to the protein shake. Okay. I don't know. We'll see. We'll see. Um, but yeah. I just wanted to mention that, and if anybody has any uh, feedback there, I'd love to hear it. And if I die due to this, um, sorry, but I felt like it was the logical next step. I thought you were going to ask Laura and I to delete like your internet history or something. <laughs> internet history? I got nothing to hide. <laughs> anyway, before we get to the news that I mentioned, Laura, we do have an update. Yeah, so if anyone's wondering why I'm cranky this episode, it's because 2,300 kids are still separated from their families this week. This is following President Trump's executive order, quote-unquote, ending the child separation policy uh, that was happening at the U.S. border. However, while this policy does allow for families to remain detained together. It doesn't actually do anything to address the families that were already separated. Worth noting is that children have been being piled on airplanes and shipped all over various parts of the country 
nobody really knows where they're going or why. But a number of airlines have stepped up and said, like, hey, guys, don't do this. We do not want you to be transporting children that were kidnapped from their parents on our airlines. We wanted to to mention that, but also take a minute to talk about where we might see this going forward and also address a particular media reaction. Um, so the clip that Andrew's queuing up is from Fox and Friends, um, which first of all, is not real journalism, but secondly, just shows how morally bankrupt people who are pro family separations are, um, and how they are very willing to see not people who are not American citizens as lesser beings. Andrew, go ahead and play that. President is, if you don't like his policy, he's also trying open to your policy rather than just criticizing his. He's trying to send a message to the other countries. This is not the way you do it because this is a country that has rules and laws. The port of entry would be one thing. We can bolster those laws, but we just can't let everybody in that wants to be here. And this is these are not, like it or not, these aren't our kids. Show them compassion. But it's not like he's doing this to the people of Idaho or uh, or um, or uh, Texas. These are people from another country, and now people are saying that they're more important than people in our country who are paying taxes who have needs as well. Yeah. That's not... I mean, that's just a horrible thing to say and gets down to why so many on the right are against this. They don't give a fuck about other human beings outside of our borders. Right. I mean, it's a purely nationalistic approach. America first, despite the fact that America actually created a lot of the socioeconomic uh, situations that exist in Central American countries because of all of our interference in their governments. Mm-hmm. So we're reaping the long-lasting effects of us fucking around in other sovereign other sovereign nations. Um, all of that said, the Commissioner of Customs and Border Protection has told border agents not to refer families to the Justice Department for prosecution until the two departments can agree on a policy that allows parents to be prosecuted without separating children from them. So this is basically expected to result in many families being released quickly, um, although it, this also does not address the 2,300 children and where they are and helping to get them back with their families. Um, But what this does do is it effectively revives the catch and release policy used during the Obama administration. So prepare to see some conservative bitching and ranting about that. Hmm. Because that's how they think MS-13 gets in. Right. Last week was crazy, though. And it was significant to see Trump um, undo the policy that him and Jeff Sessions put into place back in April. And yeah. of course, you know, it's hard to give him credit for pulling it back when he couldn't even take credit for doing it in the first place. It's yeah, well, it's literally like somebody setting fire to a home, but then putting the fire out and expecting credit for it. Yeah. Um, also, it was amazing to watch the amount of backpedaling that happened here because, of course, leading up to this executive order, 
the narrative was, oh, it's those big bad Democrats, you know, if only they would pass sensible immigration reform, then this wouldn't be happening. We really can't do anything about it, even though we control all three branches of government. And Mm -hmm. Trump loves writing executive orders. Um, And then when public opinion reached a boiling point, all of a sudden, he picked up, you know, his pen and signed an executive order ending this. However, the situation remains dire. It's a humanitarian crisis. Many of these people are asylum seekers, and seeking asylum is not breaking the law, even though that's not something I think Fox and Friends is aware of. Yeah. So. I was very, as most people were, very angry about this, and I wrote Mm -hmm. a pissy Facebook post shitting all over Trump. I wrote... This issue isn't This was on June 20th when Trump signed the undoing executive order. This issue isn't over, but never forget that this coward's unwanted attorney general issued an order that started this mess in April, then in recent days, days blamed Democrats for the issue, falsely claimed it was a law, falsely claimed that separation does not happen, and only backtracked due to the enormous public pressure that not even his thick orange spray tan could fend off. This pussy grabber, who, by the way, is so stupid, he came at spell border, and I linked to a tweet in which he has an A in the word, is a liar and a coward and perhaps one of the worst human beings ever. So I write this knowing that my Republican brother-in-law is going to see this. But I knew that my sister had months ago issued a directive to him to not get in Facebook fights (laughs) with family members. Don't fight with me on Facebook. And I don't I don't want to fight with anybody on Facebook. I hate fighting with my uncle and my brother-in-law about political issues. doesn't make me feel good. But that said, I have to get my opinions out there sometimes. And that was one of those examples. So, sitting next to Starbucks, I write this post. Four minutes after I post this, my brother-in-law, who just had a child, mind you, updates his profile picture to just a photo of Donald Trump. <laughs> And he and he makes a Facebook post that says, sheep will be sheep, or something to that effect. And I know he was responding to me. The timing, the four-minute difference between posts is just way too bizarre otherwise. But And I shared this with Laura and Pam. And I was like, can you believe? And, and Laura pointed out, like, how could you like just have had a child and you're changing your profile picture to Donald Trump? Well, I suppose, I mean, I think his baby's a lot cuter than Trump, but I mean, Trump's a big baby, so maybe he got confused. Yeah. Well, and as you pointed out, you make a profile picture that's reflective of you. Yeah. Are you saying Donald Trump is reflective of you? That's kind of embarrassing. That's the thing. So what I said was, I love Barack Obama, right? But I don't base my entire identity around that. (laughs) Right. And would therefore never make Barack Obama... My profile picture. I've made him my cover picture. Right. It's a little different. But like, it's it's astounding to me. And I feel like this is it right here. Like, people are viewing Donald Trump as being woven into the fabric of what makes America, America. And so the best way for, your, for you to identify as an American and show your patriotism is to have him as your profile picture. That's right. like a real gut punch to those liberals. <laughs> you know, it's right. like... So, funnily enough, uh, my brother-in-law, like 15 minutes after that, changes a picture 
changes his profile picture to him and his son so i guess then is that my sister saw that and it was probably like what the fuck is wrong with you (laughs) i i don't know how your sister deals but i also like i gotta give him some props i guess for actually like listening to her when she tells him to tone it down because i feel like (laughs) most people that are similar to this just don't give a fuck yeah that said i i really do love this guy he is a great guy other than his politics they're just wax whack and fox news has just ruined him politically so it's a real shame i feel very conflicted yeah nazism is a very whack ideology (laughs) i will agree All right. Well, before we get into the news, it's time to tell you about our first sponsor this week. They are ZipRecruiter. Hiring used to be hard, multiple job sites, stacks of resumes, a confusing review process. But today, hiring can be easy and you only have to go to one place to get it done. ZipRecruiter.com slash millennial. With ZipRecruiter, you could post your job to over 100 of the web's leading job boards with just one click. Then ZipRecruiter puts its smart matching technology to work, actively notifying qualified candidates about your job within minutes of posting, so you receive the best possible matches very quickly. That's why ZipRecruiter is different. Unlike other hiring sites, ZipRecruiter doesn't depend on the right candidates finding you. It finds them for you. ZipRecruiter is so effective that 80% of employers who post on ZipRecruiter get a quality candidate through the site within the first day. And with results like that, it's no wonder that ZipRecruiter is the highest rated hiring site in America. And right now, our listeners can try ZipRecruiter for free at this exclusive web address, ZipRecruiter.com slash millennial. That's ZipRecruiter.com slash M-I-L-L-E-N-N-I-A-L. ZipRecruiter.com slash millennial. ZipRecruiter is the smartest way to hire. All right. So let's talk about the red hen and Sarah Huckabee Sanders. Uh, We wanted to talk about this because it is the debate of the week, I think. Um, Over the weekend, a small restaurant in Virginia called the Red Hen refused to serve Sarah Huckabee Sanders taking her to the back and politely explaining that they would prefer not to have her there as they make a point of upholding their values, which she does not embody. The owner later explained to the Washington Post that he did not support the Trump administration or Sanders' blatant lies to the American people. In the restaurant, Sanders calmly agreed to leave, but later, potentially violating ethics rules, by the way, took the incident to Twitter saying, quote, last night I was told by the owner of Red Hand in Lexington, Virginia, to leave because I work for POTUS and I politely left. Her actions say far more about her than about me. I always do my best to treat people, including those I disagree with, respectfully, and will continue to do so. So, uh, you know, this is kind of hypocritical because she was also defending her own position that small businesses can refuse to serve gay couples. The gay, the, the uh, cake shop debate that we spoke about a few weeks ago. Uh, how did you two react to this story? Do you think the red hen made the right decision? No, I don't. I, you know, I feel like ultimately it is up to a small business owner to decide who they will and won't serve. They are perfectly within their rights to ask someone to leave. Um, and that's not even just based on the precedent of the Supreme Court case, that we've we talked about re- previously, as Andrew said, it's just based on the way that private businesses work. Um, mm-hmm. That said, 
I think if I were the owner of the restaurant, I would not have done that because I would have known that doing something like that would feed into the news cycle in a way that would be that would reflect very positively on the administration. Right. So now they're able to spin the narrative as, oh, see, conservative Christians are being discriminated against. Right. And that's all anyone will hear now. Um, I don't think it deserves all the press it's been getting. As a result, I feel like if she came into my restaurant, I would I would serve her her food. I might be very curt with her, but that would be about it. Yeah. Yeah. I think that, um, yeah, this is, like Laura said, it just literally turns into a, a poor me situation. But I, I do... I feel like it could have just been handled differently. Like I think about um, when Mike Pence went to see Hamilton and the cast took it as an opportunity to kind of make sure their voices were heard um, after the play wrapped and they gave a very impassioned speech about how, you know, the spirit of the show was that everybody, you know, can start from nothing and, and grow to shape the United States and the United States should reflect you know, um, the best, uh, <clears throat> of everybody, basically. I don't know. I just kind of feel like she, they definitely could have just served her food and then taken it as an opportunity to like, you know, just like with her bill, hand her a letter that just said, you know, like your food was served by immigrants and I hope that you enjoyed it. But just remember that there when you you're go. villainizing all of us, you know, yeah. and that probably could have gotten I agree. some better press. Yeah. And I co- actually completely agree with both of you, but a lot of people on the left are saying that, hey, this was awesome. Good for her. We got to be doing more of this. In fact, Representative Maxine Waters is one of those people who were sp- speaking out in support of the Red Hen. She said, quote, if you see anybody from that cabinet in a restaurant, in a department store, at a gasoline station, you get out and you create a crowd and you push back on them and you tell them they're not welcome anymore anywhere. Now, of course, Trump, a sitting president, by the way, this morning responded to these remarks saying she's threatening violence and ominously warned her to, quote, be careful. Right. So that's the thing. It's not that I don't think Sarah Huckabee Sanders deserved to be kicked out of a restaurant. I think that's a pretty slight slap on the wrist for her, considering all the damage that she does on a daily basis. Um, I think that socially it is an obligation for progressives who don't want this kind of fascist ideology manifesting itself to not welcome it socially by stepping up and calling people out when they say shit. Um, But you can't, do that by kicking people out of public places or crowding into a retail establishment to shame somebody out of it. All that does is feed into the news cycle in a way that's very negative for progressives and sets us back. Right. And also, I just feel like that's what we're fighting against. So Mm -hmm. it's not worth the effort to be hypocritical ourselves, you know? Right. Um, it just, it, yeah, it just makes us look bad. Yep. All right. Well, 
you know, I feel bad for the other red hens. Even even other restaurants just called red hen are taking shit for this. One of them got egged. Yeah. <laughs> and it's like, you know, and the Yelp reviews of all these different restaurants named Red Hen are now going to shit because Trump supporters are, you know, leaving bad reviews. And it's it just seems like a unnecessary mess that was created. We can calm down after uh getting stressed about this story by maybe going to Canada. Oh, yeah. Canada could be joining our ranks out here in California because they might be uh, the next to legalize recreational marijuana. Now, of course, California is a state and Canada is like an entire country. So it's kind of a big deal that this is maybe a possibility. Um, They would be the first nation to do so. Well, they're not the first nation to do so. That was actually Uruguay in 2013. Um, but, uh, this bill is actually being backed by Prime Minister Justin Trudeau. So that's kind of, you know, maybe another check mark for uh, why you should continue loving him. If you're a Trudeau fan, uh, I feel like he gets a lot of hype out here in America, which is kind of funny. He's just smoking on so many levels now. <laughs> uh, so Trudeau is arguing that it's an effort to fulfill his campaign promise to keep marijuana out of the hands of teenagers. And he thinks legalizing and regulating it is the best way to do that. He recently tweeted, it's been too easy for our kids to get marijuana and for criminals to reap the profits. Today, we changed that. Our plan to legalize and regulate marijuana just passed in the Senate. Hashtag promise kept. So um, I guess there's like a lot to unpack here. But um, I, I, you know, and it's kind of like, I feel like I'm looking at it in, in the sense of, you know, being from a state that has legalized like medical marijuana for a very long time, legalizing it as a whole is like a completely different bag of um, you know, grab bag of, and we don't really know how it's going to work out for California yet. But like, what do you guys think? Is it legal where you guys are? No, <laughs> no, no. But I think this is a great idea for the reasons that Trudeau said. By making it legal, anyone doesn't have to get it for from you know these back markets anymore. It doesn't have to be smuggled, and most importantly, in this case, the country can tax it. Why should the state or country not be able to uh, make some money off of this? This is a huge market for them. Uh, yeah, I think that that's like the the biggest, um, you know, reason that a lot of people voted for this out here in California. Definitely. It um, lends itself to boosting the economy. Uh, it also keeps it out of the hands of criminals. You can control what is and is not in there if you know who's manufacturing the strands that you're buying. And it's, you know, if, if you have these, and also um, I think that it'll probably cut back on the number of arrests they have to make in terms of people that are dealing or, you know, possessing it illegally and stuff like that with the three strikes rule that used to be out in place over here. It's like you were getting a lot of people getting put away for petty crimes, like carrying marijuana. And now that that's not the case, you're saving a little bit of money, a little bit of space in prisons, which is like a huge um, thing as well. So, yeah. yeah. My only hesitation about it gaining wide legality around the world and by the way, it's it's so crazy that Canada is only the second country. Like, that's pretty cool that they got in so early. Um, I actually do think it kind of can be a gateway drug. 
I think you start smoking pot and you're like, this is cool. What other highs can I get from other drugs? I know marijuana is, relatively speaking, a safe drug. Um, You take it to, you smoke it to relax. I'm personally not into it, but I think it can lead to other things like maybe LSD or shrooms because you're looking to experience other highs. And if marijuana ain't so bad, then why not some other things? (laughs) You kind of sound like Fox and Friends right now. (laughs) Well, I, I, I really do believe that, though, because... Because you just get curious. It's like you try one beer or one type of liquor and then you go into other things too. I mean, that that's an, I mean, the thing is comparing marijuana to other, and I mean, I guess we're going to get into other kinds of drugs here in a minute, just looking at one of our points, but comparing marijuana to other kinds of drugs is like comparing apples and oranges. I feel like marijuana is much more easily compared to alcohol in terms of its effects. And I mean, I like, I definitely partake on occasion uh, and have done so since I was a teenager and I've never tried anything else and never wanted to. Not to say that people can't. Yeah. But I don't think that marijuana itself is going to be what opens the door to harder drugs for a general population. Mm -hmm. There are usually other issues going on that drive people to that. Mm -hmm. I also think that it's, um, and I don't have the numbers, but I'm pretty sure it's not as easy to overdose on marijuana as it would be with a harder drug like cocaine of course you know so um you know one of the talking points that we have here is like are we in favor if we are in favor of legalizing marijuana are we in favor of legalizing something like cocaine i think that's completely different cocaine is also like um it's uh what do they call it like a bathtub drug or something like you you have to lace it with stuff in order to make it at least marijuana you know in its pure form is just kind of grown and that's mm-hmm. it. With cocaine, a lot of times there's um, there's a lot of harsher chemicals in there like acetone or rat poison or, you know, other things like that that are not necessarily good for you. And that's not to say that marijuana in high doses, you know, is not great for you either. But it's also something else to consider. I think they're kind of like apples and oranges. Yeah. yeah. Where do Americans stand on this generally? In terms of legalizing it. Well, it's funny you mentioned that. Uh, according to Pew Research Studies released earlier this year, roughly 61% of Americans fully support legalizing pot, which actually kind of surprises me because that seems like a pretty high number. And it's actually even higher amongst the millennial generation because we're woke AF, you know. Uh, so 87% of millennials actually are in support of legalizing marijuana as well. Mm. Okay. Yeah, yep. I'm, f- I'm, I'm for legalizing it. Yeah. And I think we're growing up seeing marijuana as a very harmless drug. We Everybody knows somebody who smokes. And <laughs> they have nothing but good things to say about it. <laughs> for the most part. It definitely takes, like, the excitement away. Because, like, now that it's legal in California, at least, you know, you can go and get it. I think if you're 21, it's not as, like illicit and you don't feel like you're doing something dangerous because 
Oh, know, interesting. Literally, like, just walking into a store to buy. I, I'm assuming that that would be the um, mentality of the young generation. I feel like that definitely was the case when I was growing up. It's like, well, oh, I'm but- doing something bad because somebody had to buy this in a dark alley, you know? But cigarettes, people smoke those because they think it looks cool. We used to glorify cigarette smoking on TV, like in commercials. And and I think to this day, even though they're not seen in media as much, people still think it's a cool thing to do. So I think the cool factor is still there with smoking weed. I guess you might not feel as much of a badass when you get to go to a dispensary uh, rather than your dealer. Yeah, where you just like show your ID like you're getting into the club. Yeah, right. God, I I would, I'm trying to think I like the young kids, but that. clearly I'm just old and outdated now. <laughs> You'd love what, Laura? I'd love to be able to go to a dispensary. Come well, visit me in California. Yeah. <laughs> I, I will. Because the thing is, like, I'm kind of paranoid. So if I'm getting something from, like, some rando and I have no idea where it came from, there's always that little part of me that's like, oh, I wonder if there's something else in here, yeah. you know? And it would be totally. nice to just get it somewhere where I know that it was grown by a professional. Yep. And they've done all their research and they can right. tell you how it's going to make you feel. You can check out their Yelp reviews. <laughs> as long as they're not the red hen, they should be trustworthy. <laughs> That's funny. Well, congrats, Canada. Just another reason for us to uh, visit you. Or move there. Aren't the taxes higher there? Oh, but free healthcare. It balances out. It's fine. Right. And Justin Trudeau's not a Nazi. So that's also that's true. That's the big plus. A plus. Yeah. It's time for a quick update from one of our sponsors, BioClarity. Andrew and I have been using BioClarity for a few months at this point, and we wanted to give everyone an update. My face has never been this clear, bright, and soft. I recommend starting with the clear skin routine for combination oily or breakout prone skin. This routine is just three easy steps, cleanse, treat, restore. BioClarity contains nourishing plant extracts like chamomile, green tea, cucumber, licorice root, oak kennel, plus Floralux, which is derived from chlorophyll. You'll see smoother skin, reduced pore size, minimized redness, and a reduction in breakouts in as little as two weeks. That's because BioClarity's unique ingredient, Floralex, is a clever form of chlorophyll. It's proven for nourishing skin and soothes away imperfections and blemishes. Floralex has antioxidant and anti-inflammatory properties that feed your skin from the outside in. This stuff is like a green drink for your face. BioClarity is delivered straight to you and is an easy-to-use three-step skincare routine that's 100% vegan, gluten, and cruelty-free. Get started on healthier habits with your skincare. Just go to bioclarity.com. Our listeners will get their first month for 50% off a routine plus free shipping. And it comes with a 100% risk-free money back guarantee, but you'll need to enter our code MIL. That's bioclarity.com and enter our code MIL. Sounds good. All right. So now we talked about a survey a couple of weeks ago that uh, that shared that something like 53% of millennials think they're going to be millionaires. Well, now a new survey conducted by GFK Research Group found that millennials are the worst tippers of all the generations. Um, so in this study, millennials are defined as people age 18 to 37. 
Roughly 10% don't tip at all. For context on that, only 3% of older Americans, 65 and up, fail to tip. And even when millennials do tip, the median tip for that age group is 15%, while it's 18% for all other age groups. So there seems to be a little bit of a disconnect here. We have a group of millennials who seem to overwhelmingly think that they're going to be quite wealthy one day. And there's another portion of us that are apparently really shitty tippers. That's yeah. how they're going to get rich. By saving <laughs> right, their that's money. The secret. That's what we read on BuzzFeed. That was one of the pro tips to becoming a millionaire. Yeah, one it's day. like order your avocado toast, but don't tip because then you can put that in the savings account. <laughs> And by the way, never return to that restaurant because they will spit in your food the next time you That's order. That's right. <laughs> so to kind of kick us off, how many of us have worked in the service industry, pr- particularly a restaurant or some other environment that is tip-based? I've worked in coffee. Okay. And uh, would you like? Would you say based on your anecdotal experiences... This is true, or do people not tip as well for coffee anyway? It depends on where you work. Okay. Like, literally where you work at, like, the the establishment, but also, like, where it's located. So, I worked in coffee for a bit out um, in Anaheim, right near the Disneyland Resort, and that is actually kind of very skewed, because even though it was an independent coffee shop, like, not Starbucks, Coffee Bean, or, like, my favorite Pete's. Uh, you get a lot of tourists and uh, people that come from Europe specifically aren't accustomed to tipping. So it wouldn't really make Uh. too much of a difference. And it wasn't until I was working, excuse me, at a coffee shop out in the, like in Northern California, also independent, smaller, like handcrafted coffee that I realized that people tip a lot better there because when you're going to like a fancier shop like an independent one I just think people value the coffee so if you give them the experience they'll tip but I it was like constantly surprising how much people would tip for coffee like mm. usually the full 20% and it makes a huge difference in the paycheck I mean this place paid very well anyway like way above minimum wage but on top of that you were saying like I was only working there part time an extra two three hundred dollars in your check. So it really helps a lot. Yeah. That's interesting. You mentioned that it was a local coffee shop as opposed to a chain because I actually only tip at coffee shops when it is a local coffee shop because I want to support a small business. Mm -hmm. It also like, I don't know. I think that I, I don't know about you guys. I don't really carry cash very often. And, uh, Starbucks, and Pete's make it very hard to tip when you're sliding your card, which kind of sucks. They do. Although in the mm-hmm. app now, if you're paying with the app, a little pop-up notification comes up for Starbucks and it's like receipt slash tip available. Yeah, that's nice. Other like smaller establishments usually use something like Square or Clover and they'll just yeah. flip it around for you and you can pick what you want to leave. So, yeah. um, you know, usually like if I'm tipping like for coffee, I usually only get like a drip or like maybe like a pour over that's a little bit more fancy extensive or like a cappuccino. So I'll tip like a dollar, you know? Um, But it's, it's kind of like amazing. Like it had been amazing to see how well people would tip. Um, And then it made me feel like worse about myself, honestly, because you know, you would see people tipping like the full 20% or like people that would come in all the time, like leaving like Christmas bonuses for the staff and stuff, which was really sweet. 
Aww. Yeah. They're yeah. like, oh, you guys make our coffee every day. So here's like $300, like divvy it up amongst the staff. Oh, that's sweet. Yeah. Wow. It's just kind of crazy. And I don't know if it's like that at other like local places. Maybe if somebody else works in coffee and like craft coffee, you can write in and let us know. But it, it's yeah. kind of like amazing. Um, it was amazing to see for sure. What are your tipping habits, Laura? I tip 20% as like my standard. Mm-hmm. To me, 20% is you were nice and you checked on me a couple times and made sure my drink didn't empty out and like you didn't suck, <laughs> you know? Yeah. And from there, if somebody gives me really excellent service, I'll go above 20%. It's really, really difficult for me to want to tip somebody less than 20. You really have to suck. And like, not just suck, but intentionally suck. Yeah. Like you have to be a dick for me to tip you less than that. Or you don't write my order down and then it comes out fucked up. (laughs) That that I find to be the worst. (laughs) Um. I will normally tip 20%. I don't think I ever go above 20%. I tip a dollar a drink. If I'm in a bar, though, I tip a dollar a drink. Same. Yeah, that's what I always do. Okay. Good. I wasn't sure if that was like you, a common thing. Well, here's a question. Do you guys tip for takeout? Uh, hmm. Like, not somebody delivering, but like, if you went to pick up like Chinese food, would you tip? Ah, uh, no. Well, it... De- well, it depends. No, because you're paying, you're tipping the waiter. This is like, this is kind of where I, I'm asking because I, I think it's just kind of interesting, but like technically, I guess you like my brother, for example, will, cause he's like a, an awesome person. He'll tip 20% like anywhere. So he mm. will tip 20% if he goes for takeout. I'll usually leave like maybe like a dollar, $2. Cause you know, if it, I don't know if it's like a slow day and a lot of times they, just tally it all up and divvy it up hourly. Yeah. And it helps supplement somebody else's income, but I won't tip like 20% yeah. for takeout. Yeah. And I feel like it also depends if tipping is an option. Cause I've definitely been to some places where they just print out, like they have one of those old school receipt printing machines and it doesn't even have a line for tip. So I guess mm. if I don't even see that, it doesn't cross my mind in the case of takeout. But also, yeah. if I am tipping on takeout, it is probably going to be a little bit less just because nobody's actually waiting on me and serving me my food. Right. Someone feel free to correct me if that's terrible etiquette. Yeah, that. I mean, that's why I brought it up because I want to <laughs> <Yeah>. know. <laughs> No, I I agree. And I think that's why sometimes people will get takeout rather than sitting down because they don't want to pay that extra for tipping or maybe spending more time at the restaurant will equal them ordering more food. You want dessert? Yeah, I guess so. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, I I think, too, if you are going to go and sit in a restaurant and take up a table and have somebody wait on you for an hour, you should be prepared to tip that person. Yeah. I don't really feel like there's an excuse for that. Like, I definitely yeah. get it. Sometimes you will look at your bank account and be like, mm, I don't, I, I can't really afford to tip. I've been there. And when I've been in that situation, I just opted 
not to sit in somebody's booth and take up the space because I knew I couldn't tip. Right. I do believe this study, though. And one reason is we actually hear from people quite frequently, our listeners who say, you know, I want to support you guys, but I don't. I, I, I'm literally broke and don't have a dollar or two to pledge per mm-hmm. month. And if they don't have a dollar or two to pledge per month, I can completely understand why they'd also be wanting to tip less to save a, a few bucks a month there. Because we all probably go out maybe once a week at minimum. Sometimes you have no choice. So I believe this study. That said, some people in the comments are disagreeing. For example, Rebecca, who's listening live, says, what millennials were part of this study? Literally all of my friends and I try to tip well. Then Whitney says, false. Old people are literally the worst tippers. <laughs> so I think it, it varies where you are, like Pam was saying. Um, but to me, this makes sense. But I also definitely believe that millennials, like there are millennials that don't tip because I definitely have friends that are awful tippers and I don't even know how to broach the conversation. So I just get really anxious about it and leave more money. Mm. Yeah. Isn't it humiliating to be eating at a restaurant with somebody who's a shitty tipper? Yeah. And I'm just like, oh, oh. my God. And sometimes like if we're all putting cash down because, you know, I'll try and put like I'm going to be like, well, I'm going to leave like, let's just say like $4 and it'll kind of like force them for splitting down the middle to leave $4 too. And then it like evens itself out. But you know, a lot of times they'll just get up and not leave anything. I'm like, oh my gosh, I can't believe that I'm friends with you. This is awful. Yeah. Yeah. You just want to hide your face and run out. (laughs) I don't think it happens. um, I'm not sure if it happens out in like, you know, in the restaurant industry anymore. But I remember reading this book, Nickel and Dimed in high school. It's like pretty big back in the day. Um, And the lady that was like, she went to work at a restaurant was talking about how like they actually um, give you less hourly because they assume you're going to make it up in tips later. So that kind of sucks if that's happening. Yeah, still, it still happens. My brother is a waiter. And I think Georgia allows for them to make something like $2 an hour because they mm-hmm. assume it's going to be made up in tips. Right. right. Like your other like $6 is going to come out of tips. Right. Exactly. And sometimes it does, but sometimes it doesn't, you know? That is so, yeah, I, I hate that. That shouldn't even really be a thing. In my opinion, work in the service industry, get minimum wage, and get your tips. That's the benefit of working in this industry. Why can't some people it's get hard. ahead? The service industry right. is hard. People are rude. Like People are entitled. People think they can treat you like trash because you're in the service industry and they take service very seriously. You're juggling a bunch of situations at once. Mm-hmm. By the way, I love this video game, Overcooked. Have you heard of this, Laura? Oh, Oh, yes. yes. (laughs) (laughs) It's so fun. You get to make stuff in the kitchen and you got to hurry out your orders. It also kind (laughs) of low-key gives me anxiety (laughs) when it's faster and faster. But it's fun. I was going to say, especially when you're on the one where you're on the pirate ship. Yeah. It's like swaying. (laughs) I'm very early into the game. I wanted a game that I could play with my boyfriend. And so we decided on this because it looked cute. On the Switch? Only... Yeah. I guess I just wanted to ask you guys, and we kind of touched on it a little bit earlier. Um, 
when is it okay to leave no tip or a bad tip? I kind of talked about like my my barometer is like, you have to really, really suck for me to go below 20%. But have any of us ever been in a situation where we either left no tip or left a really bad tip because of bad service? Yeah, I can think of just one. The thing is, like, even if I'm mad at the waiter or waitress in the moment, by the time I get the check, I'm like, oh, I got a tip. I mean, I have no choice. I'll tip less, but... It won't be as bad as leaving no tip at all, except for one time in L.A. where me and my friend were out at a restaurant. And by the way, this is like one of the worst things I've ever done at a restaurant. The restaurant's hectic, but the waiter just does not come to us at all. And we end up sticking it out because we didn't want to wait at any other restaurants. So at the end, um, he brings us our bill. But it's actually somebody else's bill with money inside of it. (laughs) So we took the money and we ran. (laughs) (gasps) Andrew! (laughs) (laughs) But this guy was pissing us the fuck off. He was nowhere to be seen ever. And then we were just being bad kids. We were like, oh, fuck it. Let's just take the money. How old were you? Uh, This is when uh, about three months ago. No, it was like eight years ago. Yeah, you weren't a kid eight I, years ago, Andrew. I was a kid compared to today. See, I was envisioning the story going somewhere else, but it went to stealing. <laughs> Andrew's like, this waiter pissed me off, so I stole from him. Well, how about this asshole brings us the right check? Amongst every other thing that he screwed up that night. Anyway. Did you ever never tip? Ever never? I've had one time that I did Mm -hmm. not tip. Um, And actually, you were there, Andrew. What was this? Do you not remember this? Uh, No. It was uh, this time we were in LA, and then we... I'm kidding. Um, (laughs) (laughs) So it was when we were in Orlando. Do you remember that? I really don't at all. We... uh, we went to some restaurant that was in the hotel and it took the waiter like an hour to even come see us at our table. I don't know why we waited that long. And then all of our orders were wrong. I think that Mm. there was some kind of miscommunication in the kitchen, but everything was wrong. And then when we tried to tell them it was wrong, they pushed back on it and like, didn't want to believe us. Yeah, And then we had to wait like another 45 minutes to get corrected food. And then by the time we got the check, they gave us the check and had included gratuity on it. Ah, the nerve. And we were like, no, (laughs) absolutely not. So we just paid in cash and did not include the gratuity. Yeah. But that's the only and I even felt guilty doing that, even though I knew I shouldn't. But you don't remember this part of the story. I actually tipped triple because I <laughs> felt bad that you weren't tipping. And I felt bad about my L.A. story. So I was making it up to the <laughs> service industry. God, Laura, you're an asshole. I know. Um, I've never not tipped because I don't know how they split tips up at places. And I feel bad that I might be taking away from somebody's shitty minimum wage because yeah. one person was... An asshole. 
So. TLDR, millennials tip more. These people need it because they're not getting good minimum wage. Well, and so many millennials work in the service industry and depend on <laughs> right. tips. So how could you look at somebody like one of your contemporaries and be like, no, fuck <laughs> you. Know. If anything, yeah. that should make you want to tip more if you can. Right. Millennials, we bring our poorness onto ourselves. It's our fault for not tipping each other more. Don't you see? All right. One more story to talk about today. Good news for privacy. On Friday, the U.S. Supreme Court ruled on a long-awaited case regarding cell phone data privacy and whether law enforcement is allowed to access your cell phone data. In a 5-4 decision, they ruled that limits must exist on police's ability to obtain cellular tower, tower location data. The decision means that police will generally need a court-approved warrant to get any kind of location data off your phone, setting a higher legal hurdle than previously existed under federal law. This is good news. The court said obtaining such data without a warrant from wireless carriers, as police routinely do, amounted to an unreasonable search and seizure under the Constitution's Fourth Amendment. So this happened because the case was brought to the Supreme Court by Timothy Carpenter, who was convicted in several armed robberies at a Radio Shack and T-Mobile stores in Ohio and Michigan with the help of past cell phone location data that linked him to the crime scenes. Chief Justice Roberts stressed that the ruling did not resolve other hot-button digital privacy fights, including whether police need warrants to access other kinds of data from your phone, like photographs or text messages or call history. Um, The five justices who protected our privacy here were the four liberal justices and John Roberts, who tends to float in the middle, uh, but he is traditionally conservative. The other conservative judges ruled against this, so don't let anybody fool you into believing liberals don't care about or support privacy rights. Um, this is this is very good news. They need a warrant to look at where our phones are. Our phones are on us at all times. It's kind of terrifying that a cell phone carrier could figure out where we are. And on a similar note, we trust a lot of apps with our locations. We don't truly know what they're doing with that data they could be they could they could use it in some way against us there's no real reason to facebook has no reason to know where i am at all times other than serving me ads but it is a little creepy that we give so many developers permission to use our location or either you surprised that conservative judges didn't believe we have a right to privacy no (laughs) it's but what I just feel like shouldn't you look at look in the mirror like does this matter to you why were they not for this I just think it it seems like an easy fix when it's not you in that situation but you should also think about it like what if I were in this situation maybe I would right. want that courtesy but right. it's really easy to sit up there and be high and mighty yeah well and I think it's also a presumption of guilt based on somebody being accused which is something that we see pretty commonly out of that side of the aisle nowadays. I mean, look back at all of the accusations that um, that the Trump administration and Trump's campaign made about Hillary Clinton based off of accusations, mm-hmm. right? So I don't think any of them particularly cared about giving her due process because they were automatically assuming 
that she was the kind of person who would commit that crime. So I have a feeling that people who are being petitioned to hand over their records to the police are going to be presumed guilty by those who wouldn't consider privacy to be the most important or paramount thing in terms of our technology. Yeah. So I think they're particularly thinking of like what they would consider terrorists who are being accused of committing certain acts. Right. Mm -hmm. And so they're looking at them and thinking, well, of course we want to search their phone records because that person's a terrorist and that's more important than due process. Is there anything on either of your phones that you'd be <laughs> scared for somebody to get a hold of? Any location info that people probably shouldn't see? No. I'm pretty boring. I, I put a lot, like I use the, note, the notes app a lot, but it's mostly just for like, I'm going to use this idea maybe later. And some of them are yeah. like really stupid ideas that should never see the light of day. So it's more like an embarrassment thing, not a, you know, this is going to put me in jail one day thing. Do you put like your, I don't know, your license number, your credit card numbers within your no, notes apps? No, no. Oh my God. Are you kidding me? My mom's a banker and she, I just like the amount of horror stories that we've heard of people you know, writing down their entire bank account numbers or their routing numbers. And then yeah. all of a sudden, you know, somebody's like stolen a bunch of money and they have like a fraud situation on their hands. It's, it's like, it's really scary how easy it is for people to just, you know, steal your whole existence. So mm -hmm. yeah. none of that is on there. That said, and this is kind of diverting a little bit, but we all have something we don't want a certain somebody to see on the phone. Like we all talk shit about people on our phones. That is <laughs> why true. I don't like to like hand my phone over to friends, you know, or like, yeah. because you never know. It's like, what if somebody pissed you off one day and then, you know, you didn't mean it. You still love them, but. Eh, did you mean it? You don't have to do damage control now. <laughs> <laughs> In the moment, maybe. Something yeah. I really, really like about Apple's Face ID is that there's a setting where the phone won't unlock unless you're actually looking at it. So your friend can't take your phone and put it in front of your face while you sleep or while you're not looking at it and get in. You actually have to have your eyes on it, which is pretty cool. And uh, that has helped me prevent my boyfriend from seeing that I have grinder on my phone. Thank you, Apple. Well, he knows now. Happy Pride. <laughs> Actually, he just texted me. He won HQ Trivia. Oh, did he win tonight. like 25 cents? Uh, worse than that, 12 cents. <laughs> but hey, he won. Put that, that towards the student loans. Or a tip. Or a tip. Millennials, HQ Trivia is going to bring up the average tip because we're all winning the, this these little bits of change that can be applied to a tip. <laughs> You can't really use it for anything else. <laughs> All right. We have one more sponsor today before surprise, bitch. They are Policy Genius. If you have a car, you have car insurance. If you have a home, you have home insurance. If you're alive, shouldn't you have life insurance? Four out of 10 people don't have life insurance at all. That's kind of crazy. And it's not their fault. It's life insurance's fault. Shopping for life insurance is confusing and it takes forever. Let's face it. It's not a fun topic to think about, but we need life insurance. Don't let your loved ones deal with your crap because you weren't a smart cookie. 
Protect those closest to you. How do you do that? Policy Genius made it easy and pretty. We've spoken about them before. Whether you're looking for life insurance, health insurance, dental insurance, pet insurance, or any other insurance, Policy Genius can quickly and simply find you the best plan. Insurance gives us all peace of mind. That's why we need it. It's the only way to keep ourselves protected when disaster strikes or when we need to get the health care that we need. So don't be foolish. Let Policy Genius help you live a better life. If you've been putting off getting life insurance or any other type of insurance, don't put it off any longer. If you were like me last year when you didn't have dental insurance and you didn't go to the dentist forever, don't be that person. Go to Policy Genius. Quickly and easily find the best insurance policy for you. It's never been easier to buy, and rates are actually at a 20-year low. PolicyGenius.com, the easy way to compare and buy life insurance. All right, it's time now for a millennial classic. Surprise! Surprise! Surprise, bitch! And today we're going to call Ryan, who... Actually visited Chicago recently, and this is the guy I couldn't meet up with him. So this I is Ryan. A shout out! Hey Ryan, it's Millennial. Hey, Surpri- hey! Surprise, male bitch! What's up? <laughs> What's happening, man? How are you guys doing? Good, good. What are you up to this evening? I am thirty-eight minutes away from closing down my store. Oh, do you like own your own store? No, no, I'm just the store manager. Oh, okay, cool. Well, why don't you just close yeah. up early? Like, you know, who's going to yell at you? Um, somebody probably would. I don't really care all that much, I guess. But I do need to keep my job for financial reasons. So, oh, you need to. Keep How are your... you guys doing? You guys recording tonight? Yeah, we, yeah, yeah. We are. It's Millennial Monday, baby. We were we're actually... all there. Pam, Laura, and Andrew. Yeah, just us three. Nobody likes us anymore. Okay. That's sad. Yeah, I know, right? <laughs> the fan, the fans love you. So, well, thank you. Oh, you. you don't have to lie to us. <laughs> yeah, I think I'd be lying if I if I agreed with you. <laughs> you visited Chicago recently, right? How did that trip go? I for did. You? I did. It was good. I actually went to um, the beer festival in Munster, Indiana, called Dark Dark Lord Day, for uh, this brewery called Three Floyds Brewery. It's kind of a uh, alternative themed brewery they make really good beer though um and they have a limited release every year for a beer called the 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 dark lord it's like this imperial russian stout and uh it's just like about 10 to fifteen thousand people show up and it's just kind of a drunk um yeah clusterfuck i guess you could say did that sounds amazing did you dress it is amazing did you dress like a death eater um, that's actually a really good idea. There are people who dress up. Robert Baratheon was there. Uh, let's see. Yeah, who Robert Bar- Baratheon. From, from Game of Thrones. Have you not watched Game of Thrones? I, oh, no. I, no. I Dude. mean, I, if I watch like five episodes, I have no clue what's happening. Just like Westworld. Yeah. But then I went to Chicago. Chicago was cool. It was really cold and rainy, though, so. Yeah, that happens sometimes here. Yeah, we Chicago and we get used good. to it. Good, right, right. Good. It, was, it was a good birthday in Chicago. With nice, the, you know, good friend of mine. So, hey, yeah, very cool. What are you guys talking about tonight? We were actually just talking about tipping culture. How much do you usually tip at a restaurant? 
Um, I'm at least 20%. At least? At least, yeah. If I'm intoxicated and the <laughs> server did a good job, I've been known to tip like 40 to 50%. Wow. Nice. Damn, yeah. I want to serve you someday. Yeah, well, it's like that, you know, money's money. I would rather like help somebody out, especially if they're doing a good job and they deserve it than like keep it for myself. Yeah, for like, sure. I've, I've, I've made shitty wages before. It's no fun. So I've, I've got the, the financial means to give a little extra. So I try to try to help out my fellow human. Yeah. What have you ever had a bad restaurant experience to the point where you didn't tip at all? Yeah, I just uh, I usually leave like a penny and a sad face. <laughs> Guess that's a nice way to lessen the blow. <laughs> yeah, it's better yeah. than nothing. Yeah, like the nothing seems like oh yeah, well they expected to get nothing, but the penny seems like more of a slap in the face. That's that's a good idea actually. Yeah. Yeah. If they sometimes I'll leave like advice. Mm-hmm. Oh my god! Like, like, do you need a hug? Do you need to talk? <laughs> Hey, I know this podcast. It might brighten your day. If, yeah, exactly. It, it may teach you why you didn't get a tip. Episode 425 will explain that to you. <laughs> what good <laughs> service looks like. Yeah, yeah. You live in uh, Missouri? I'm in, yeah, mid-Missouri. I live in Jefferson City right now, and I work in Columbia, where the University of Missouri is at. So Jeff City is a little bit of a small smaller conservative state capital and then columbia is kind of the the college town a, a blue county and a sea of red what's something cool to do in jefferson city or the <laughs> surrounding jefferson city or the surrounding area um man in jefferson city i don't know you can go to the capital um They've got a good little miniature golf course across the river. <laughs> Yo, they got a sick mini golf course. <laughs> yeah. Uh, in Jeff City, yeah, there's not a... I, they, like, make a bit of an effort to have a, lo- a local kind of theater and um, scene. And I hear it's getting better. Um, but Columbia is kind of like where it's happening in mid-Missouri. It's got the university. It's got, like, an indie theater. It's got sports if you want to do sports. Um, nice. It's got much more culture, many more, like a lot more restaurants. Mm-hmm. So I'm seeing the Lake of the Ozarks isn't that far from you. Yeah, the Lake of the Ozarks is south of Jeff City, about 45 miles. It's kind of like the uh, French Riviera for redneck Missourians. <laughs> well, I love the Netflix show Ozark. It's yeah, there. yeah, with, yeah. I think they did a little bit of. Um, the filming there like some of the panning shots okay even though i guess i I guess i read they did a lot in like in studio as well liars yeah they filmed a lot in atlanta too Hmm. yeah yeah that's right it looks nice Uh, i've actually while watching the show i've been like oh maybe i should visit (laughs) it's like it's a fun time it's definitely a fun time you run into some uh unsavory characters uh but overall, it's just people wanting to, you know, be out on the water and, and get drunk. So yeah, cool. Yeah, can't really go wrong with it. Yeah. yeah. All right, man. Well, we'll let you go. Good luck. Yeah. Hey, thank you so much for calling. Like you guys made my night for sure. Absolutely. Uh, have a good closing. Thank you, sir. And uh, what what industry are you in? What what? I, I I'm in the uh, 
cellular industry. So I work for a company that may or may not have just bought and merged with another major entertainment company. I see. I love using AT&T. Just a little sidebar. Yeah. Just a yeah. sidebar. Good for you. Man, well, it's good that the phone call was solid. It would have sucked if you cut out at any point during this call. That would, yeah, that would not have been a good uh, good advertisement or press. Yeah, yeah. So. All right, Ryan. Cool. Have a good night. Thanks yeah, for the support. Thanks for, yeah, thank you guys. Keep up the great work. I love you guys. Thanks, man. We love Me you too. All right, Bye. take care. Bye. There you go. This week's episode brought to you by AT&T. How, solid cellular network how awkward would it have been if he'd been like oh don't worry about it i use verizon <laughs> <laughs> to wrap up today's show i want to give a recommendation i may have mentioned it before but there have been a couple of updates so a lot of people know about movie pass it's this credit card you can get it's 10 bucks a month, you can see one movie every day. It's a fantastic deal. When it first came out a year or two ago, it was like $40. And then they cut the price once. And then they cut it to $9.99. And that's when it skyrocketed. And it works for most movie theaters around the United States. It's very easy to use. And of course, you can't help but go see more movies when you're only paying 10 bucks a month. So... Movie theaters have kind of hated it because they don't like that movie passes conditioning people to only spend $10 a month on as many movies as they want. So AMC has been one of the theater chains that has spoken out against movie pass, but now they have introduced a subscription of their own. It's part of their AMC Stubbs program, and it's surprisingly a good deal. It's called AMC Stubbs A List. And for $20 a month, you get up to three movies a week. So yes, it's double the price of MoviePass for technically less movies. But MoviePass is burning cash nonstop. And they're probably going to go out of business within the next year or two because they just they just don't have the money for this. It's, it's not a business that is turning a profit. And um, AMC, meanwhile, they're the biggest movie theater chain in the country. And they already have a business model in place that doesn't rely on a subscription pass being added on to it. So if I were any of you, if I lived near an AMC, I would absolutely sign up for Stubbs A-List. And by the way, on top of um, three movies a week for $20 a month, you also get discounts on concessions and you get 3D and IMAX movies you get like priority line access or something like that. These things uh, MoviePass does not offer. And by the way, MoviePass just announced the other day that they're going to start adding a $2 surge charge. Surcharge if you're seeing a movie, oh, a big movie over its opening weekend, which is disappointing on multiple levels. For one, now you're paying more than $10 a month, but also they keep adding all these different rules and it's really frustrating. When you sign up for something, the rules should stay the same. They also added a rule a few weeks ago where you can't see a movie more than once. And, you know, they just keep making these changes to try and stay afloat. So, do either of you have one of these, a movie pass? No. uh, To be honest with you, I don't see movies often enough to justify it. Like, I have legitimately gone three months at a time 
without stepping into a movie theater. Mm-hmm. How about you, Pam? You actually see a lot of movies. I do. I, you know, I tried to sign up for Movie Pass, and they never sent me my pass. And I like emailed them a million times, and they said, "Oh, a new one's on the way." It never came, and I was like, "Fuck this!" So wow. I just uh, deleted it. I must be like the only person though, because I asked a bunch of people. Was, maybe I signed up, and there was like a big surge, and everybody got their pass except for me. So, no, oh, it's too bad. Yeah. So I just write them off on my taxes now, because that's you know a thing I can do. <laughs> Oh, that's funny. That's funny. But uh, yeah, despite those issues, I do recommend Movie Pass or this AMC one. I also have a recommendation. Mine's a recommendation and a thank you. Um, so I would like to recommend Echo Liquid Lipstick by Kat Von D. This was recommended to me by listener Vicky when she saw on my Instagram that I really like playing around with really dark, bold lip colors. So she recommended this one to me. I went to Sephora and picked it up over the weekend. And it's this really, really deep purple. And it looks so cool with my purple and blue hair. (laughs) Um, Super into it right now. And I got, I put it on immediately and I got no less than six compliments between leaving the store and going home. So thanks, Vicky. Coming up in After Dark today, we're going to play Google That Shit. We have a couple of, uh, no theme this week, I would say, other than the topics of today's show. (laughs) The Supreme Court, Millennials, Marijuana, Canada. So we're going to play Google That Shit, which is always a fun time. And we have a couple of interesting confessionals that I'm excited to talk about today, including um, one who writes that their parents are borderline abusive going through their room and texts and social media. Don't let them leave the house on their own. Kind of crazy stuff. So we're going to talk about that. We would love your support over at patreon.com slash millennial. It it is what keeps this show rocking and rolling every week. And you'll get plenty of benefits, including the previously mentioned After Dark, hashing it out, uh, bonus material on weeks that we are off, uh, video landies, where Laura and I shoot the shit and catch up on some news items, talk about life, look at each other's pretty faces, stuff like that. And uh, you get ad-free millennial as well. But most importantly, your support, like I said, helps keep this show going. So we really appreciate it. To close us out today, an appropriate song for Canada's big decision. I'm Andrew. I'm Laura. And I'm Pamela. Bye, everybody. Bye. I was gonna clean my room until I got high. <laughs> I was gonna get up and find the broom, but then I got high. My room is still messed up And I know why Why, man? Yeah, cause I got high Because I got high Because I got high I was gonna go to class Before I got high I ate poutine Because I got high Because I got high Afro Man featuring Justin Trudeau That'd be a sick remix (laughs) I bet he'd do it. 
Yeah. And also, what's Afro Man doing these days? No one knows. <laughs> Just living off that because I got high streaming money. It's in a strangely <laughs> large amount of movies, so the royalties must be great. Yeah. They made a Christmas album. Afro Man did. What? And it's so fucking funny. Oh, man. It's, I mean, it's everything you can imagine. Like, there's, I think there's a song called Jingle Balls. <laughs> there's another one called Christmas with My Bitches. Oh, man. Santa's bringing weed to town. It's pretty amazing. 